Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you join us. We'll take a deep dive into the topic of retirement planning. But hold on to your hats. We're doing it with a twist. China's got a one-year-old private pension initiative in the mix. We discuss how the younger crowd is turning the tables on retirement expectations. So if you're wondering how to make those golden years truly golden, stay tuned. And we share with you what's brought us joy this week, from page-turning reads to toe-tapping tunes. Essentially, what's made us happy in Roundtable's Happy Place. For today's program, I'm joined by Xinyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show. In response to the challenges posed by an increasingly aged demographic, countries worldwide are grappling with mounting pressure on their pension systems. Among them, China has taken proactive measures by introducing a new private pension scheme since last year, strategically complementing the existing old age insurance mechanism. As we reflect on the one-year milestone of this initiative, here's a discernible trend. A growing cohort of young and middle-aged Chinese individuals is earnestly engaged in retirement planning. So refresh our memory on what is the underlying structure of China's existing old age insurance mechanism and how does this one-year-old private pension initiative defer from it. Hmm, okay, so China's pension system is currently centered around three primary pillars. There are national public pension funds and enterprise annuities, which is a type of occupational pension in China established by companies. And also we have private pension. So the first two, like public pension and enterprise annuities, they constitute a major part of people's pension plans, um, especially for previous generations. Many of them rely entirely on public pensions to fund their retirement. Um, and last November, China announced this implementation of its private pension plan to supplement its old age insurance mechanism. So on a voluntary basis, Chinese citizens covered by the public pension scheme are eligible to contribute up to 12,000 yuan a year. So that's around $1,600 toward a retirement account. And meanwhile, the government also offers tax incentives to encourage participation in the new system. And there are actually an array of financial products launched by various banks. So I think there are over 700 products in total, including deposits, funds, insurance and wealth management tools. They're all approved by financial regulators. And this scheme is being piloted in 36 cities and it is expected to be expanded to mm. more cities soon. Yeah. Yes, it's been a year since the launch of this private pension scheme. How have the public responded to it. Show me the data. Well, the report insights on China's private pension market one year on, one year on, released by China Asset Management, the China AMC, shows that by the end of June 2023, the number of participants in private pension plans reached over 40 million. Individuals from the post-80s and post-90s generations are showing a stronger inclination toward investment because uh, this accounts for 68% of the purchases, while the post-95s and post-noughties post younger demographic currently has a relatively lower proportion in personal pension investments. 
It's promising that some individuals within this group have already started to take action, though. Um, furthermore, those who have opened private pension accounts primarily consist of individuals who are aged 34 to 43, who are married, who have children with a bachelor's degree and a monthly income between 8,000 and 20,000 yuan. In terms of occupation, there is a higher proportion of individuals in managerial roles, technical and research positions as well. Yeah, and also what stood out to me is that when it comes to the types of products purchased, nearly half of them opted to buy multiple types of personal pension products. And it indicated that investors are increasingly uh, exploring diversified asset allocation of their retirement. So they're not putting their eggs all in one basket. Uh, rather, they are distributing the amounts of investment in different products. And also the report revealed the reasons why some people they didn't invest, including me. Um, over half of them, they didn't know much about this newly launched private pension plan. And especially because this was launched in a relatively short period of time. So I think many people chose to wait and see. Yes, indeed. And this is a good time to review how folks feel about this, mm -hmm. as well as see if you are more comfortable to get on board. But certainly there's been a lot of talk about how to retire possibly a little <laughs> bit more comfortably, even yeah. if it's um, decades ahead. And of course, for folks who are a bit older, then this is something maybe they need to contemplate like right now. And Josh, tell us what is it like over there in the UK and the other countries that you've researched on? Um, are there similar additional private pension plans that have been publicized and promoted by the state, like what we're seeing here in China? Or what are the options out there for folks who are thinking about retirement, even if it's decades later? Yeah, sure. I think there are some similarities and there's some differences as well. In the UK, the old age insurance mechanism is primarily based on the state pension system. Um, this is a regular payment made by the government to individuals who've reached the eligible age and have paid sufficient national insurance contributions throughout their working life. So to qualify for this, um, you usually need 35 years of national insurance contributions, um, but a minimum of 10 years of contributions is required to receive any state pension amount. Um, and the exact pension amount um, you receive is dependent on the national insurance record that you have. And apart from this, there are also private pension schemes, of course, um, available in the UK. These are voluntary and they enable you to save for retirement through various means um, and through various different providers. The most common type of private pension scheme is known as a defined contribution or a DC scheme. Um, and the DC scheme allows you to contribute a portion of your income into a pension fund, which is then invested in assets like stocks, bonds, or property to generate growth over time. And uh, yeah, these private pension schemes offer a lot more flexibility. Um, they allow individuals to have more control over their retirement savings, uh, similar in the US, actually. And um, yeah, uh, the, the pension that you receive is dependent on a variety of factors, right? Like, um, the amount contributed, investment performance, and the uh, annual rate at the time of retirement. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're the main two sort of options in the UK and also uh, in the US. It's a similar story. All right. And here in China, what are some of 
the biggest concerns that Gen Z and millennials are thinking about、mm. when it comes to life after retirement? Yeah, actually, on Chinese social media platforms, we're also seeing a huge number of young people there talking about their retirement issues. For instance, I came across this 24-year-old woman. Working in an internet company, and she said she previously experienced some turbulence of workplace in an internet giant, and she said that compared to her brief unemployment in youth, she is more concerned about her future self that has no one to rely on. So after considering for like three days, she invested a monthly income to the private pension account, and now a year. Later, she resigned and landed a new job, and her current salary is lower than before. But she said she has no regrets about contributing to her personal pension fund, which is currently experiencing a temporary loss. So,、hmm. yeah, and also another. Case is that this 32-year-old single woman living in Shanghai, and despite the fact that she enjoys the state of being single, and the long period of being single has given rise to worries to her that she started to feel a sense of anxiety that when it comes to old age life she's starting to lose confidence. And she used to be in this living in the moment camp. She barely had savings exceeding fifty thousand yuan, so that's around seven thousand dollars. But now she has jumped from this living in the moment camp to planning ahead for retirement group. And she has currently assembled these three major pillars of the pension scheme. And she also purchased commercial insurance. And these investments. She said, has brought her a sense of peace of mind. So I think for these single people and those who don't have children, they're worried about who's going to support them when they're old. And for those who have children, I think many of them they don't expect their children to raise them when they are old. So these are some of the things that consider most about their retirement. And also, I think that's why now people think money is the only thing that they can rely on during their Golden years. Also, there is another example of a forty-two-year-old person who's、mm-hmm. married with the child, and、um, she and her husband bear the burden of a monthly mortgage of seven thousand yuan, a car loan of two thousand yuan, and expenses for their kids' education. Oh, the headache just goes on. But for married couples, then I guess you have two people. Supporting one family—that's、uh, a good thing. But also, there are numerous expenses, and、yeah. these are the things that kind of put people off、mm. when it comes to being more aggressive to squirrel away money or contribute to a pension insurance fund because it just seems like there are so many things that you need to pay for、yeah. upfront, especially when you have started a family. And what you said earlier,、uh, mm. Xingyu. All these examples, I think, they also show that there are certain social changes、mm-hmm. in our society, and certainly changes in perception. One thing you said: these parents these days, who are mostly, I suppose, millennials and maybe even some Gen Z folks. What are they called? Zoomers. And basically, they don't expect their kids, once grown up, to financially support them. That's huge. That is a huge societal change in、mm. perception, and also folks who might not have started their own family or settled down in their thirties, and they're thinking about what should I do 
what can I lean on when mm -hmm. I'm older? And these are just societal changes that yeah. you don't see in China decades ago. And they all point to maybe better financial planning and being more shrewd in making these retirement decisions and expectations as such. Josh, do you see some of these like uh, different changes in mindset or preferences for the younger generation? And believe it or not, millennials are middle-aged now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry to break it to you. And do you see these, um, you know, discussions in society in your country and in the uh, English-speaking world of this anxiety, but also maybe with some of these new financial products out there that could qualm that worry a little bit? Well, I, I think that there are varying levels of concern uh, in the UK and in the English-speaking world. I think that it's quite difficult to to gauge how concerned people are and levels of anxiety. But I think there's definitely some that recognize the importance of this and probably do have some anxieties about it. Um, uh, you know, competing financial priorities or a sort of... There are also people that I think there's also a bit of a disconnection from future retirement as well. I think there's a little bit of a sense of hopelessness for a lot of younger generations in my own country about the ability to afford housing, especially um, if you go on social media or you look at, I've looked at some online forums about this before today's show, and there's a lot of jokes and humor about pensions in it's kind of like, why would I care about that when I can't even afford a flat, you know, to live in, or I'll never be able to afford this flat, a flat. So quite, quite doom and gloom, you know, um, about, about this. But of course, um, there are a lot of younger generations that are taking on pension schemes and things like this. Um, but there is a rising affordability challenge, I think. Um, I've, I've said this on the show before. I think that younger people really face a lot of financial pressure from things like student loans, housing costs, the gig economy, which we've talked about on this show, which makes it, I think, harder to prioritize pension savings. Um, and there's also changing work patterns as well. Not everybody's working in the gig economy, but the emergence of it and the increased prevalence of, you know, freelancing, um, self-employment and flexible work and zero hours contracts and all of these things make it complex for these younger generations. Whereas before, you know, not to say that it was necessarily any easier. I know it's so easy for it to sound like that, especially coming from me, but definitely older generations in my own country had more access to defined benefit pension schemes. If we're talking specifically about pensions where the employer, um, you know, had, uh, it was their responsibility to in, uh, for investment risk and they had to guarantee a specified level of income. So uh, I think this is a significant factor as well. Yeah. I hope I answered your question because it's quite a difficult one. <laughs> and that's why we're here, right? And don't you think if that's the case, then when your employer is compelled or it's mandatory for them to, well, also the state plays a role here, that young people have to 
contribute a certain extent of their monthly income into the pension fund. So therefore, you can enjoy this in theory, what, 40 years later or 30 years later. Then, Josh, it's really interesting what you just mentioned. And also just a quick swoop on TikTok or Twitter. And then you can see a lot of younger people, I mean, millennials and Gen Z, being rather pessimistic about their pensions, about buying a house and all that stuff. And I wonder to what extent have folks been kind of self-perpetuate this kind of um, rather pessimistic discussion? Because when you hear everybody else seem to be having that magnaphone on social media to talk about our grievances, and then, you know, we all jump in and saying stuff like that. And um, I wonder if we miss the small glimmers of hope um, from time to time, but um, but maybe that's a discussion for a different day. But uh, the fact that it seems like it is the common practice that as long as you sign a contract, you are formally employed, you're protected by labor law, and you're contributing to a pension fund. And does that make you feel like any safer or any bit more secure when it comes to retirement? Or simply maybe it's just a fact that people have gradually accepted that it's not enough and you gotta do something extra in case... Decades later, in the future, if you want to maintain a similar level of lifestyle, mm-hmm. then then you got to sort of save up early. What's the sentiment among people in that sense? Um, so I think for me, I haven't really invested in private pension scheme because retirement still sounds like a far, far away thing. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like I, I'll have to work for another 30 or more years before I get to retire. And I haven't really started to think about my golden years. And I cannot imagine what the future would be like then. Mm. So who knows? I might be a rich woman then. So yes. I don't need to worry <laughs> about the pension plans. I think for these younger generations, the private pension scheme is more like a safety net that can hold them when they mm. fall. Yeah, I think that's a mindset that can be shared by a lot of folks all over the world. Mm. And also what I see as a possible change or maybe a trend is that for millennials and Gen Z, the expectation of when to retire Mm -hmm. has changed as well. I think probably this is universally accepted, but prolonged retirement age (laughs) is just getting closer and closer to millennials and Gen Z. Just you know, give it a few more decades and see when we're going to retire. But with that in mind, that could also mean that if you that when you're contributing to the pension fund now, or you're buying this private insurance plan for yourself, then in theory, there should be more money or better financial security that is awaiting for you, because you've contributed more years into it. And maybe that is possibly a bright spot, but not to rain on everybody's parade, (laughs) just to, you know, give it a reality check, I suppose. Some investors have experienced a drop in their private pension funds. Yeah. Just read a financial news 
this year. And how do investors view these risks that we're seeing in the Chinese market? Yeah, um, according to the 2023 development report on wealth management for Chinese residents' retirement, compared to last year, there has been a significant increase in the risk tolerance for retirement investments. So people are getting more tolerant for these retirement investment risks, um, especially for the proportion of individuals unwilling to take any loss risk decreased by nine percentage points. And another report from China AMC also shows that these investors exhibit a very positive investment mindset, even when these fund products experience a short-term loss due to market fluctuations. Over half of these investors remain optimistic about their long-term performance. Mm. Wow, and this might seem obvious to some, but not to all. Why is planning for retirement at a relatively young age for millennials and Gen Z, uh, as we're talking about them today, so crucial. Or feel free to disagree, Josh. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it is crucial to invest in yourself, whether it is in a pension of sorts or it's in something, you know, that's going to secure your assets in the long term for so many reasons. Of course, you know, um, there is a declining reliance on state pensions, as we've discussed today, and it's the same in my own country, I think. State-provided pensions aren't as sufficient anymore, and they're not going to be sufficient enough to cover all expenses during retirement. It is a bit of a sad reality, I think, for a lot of people. But saving for a pension is going to be necessary to supplement a state pension, if if you even get that, to maintain a good quality of life. And I also think that when we talk about this, we're talking about, as whenever we're talking about finance, really, and financial security, we're talking about flexibility, freedom, independence, right? Having enough personal savings to allow one to have independence and, you know, pursue the lifestyle that you want to pursue. I also think that an interesting factor here is that life expectancy is getting longer. And this is a big difference, right? Because our retirement age is still relatively similar, I think. And at least in my own country, although it's gone up a little bit. And so, but people are living quite a lot longer. And, um, you know, thus the length of retirement is increasing. The amount of time that people are not at work, that we have an aging population, if you like. So saving for a pension is going to be even more important because not only do you uh, maybe have a lack of a state pension or the state pension is not going to be able to support you, you're also going to have to do it for longer. So this is another reason why it may be increasingly important to invest in a private pension, I, I think. Um, according to my research, um, many business insiders also suggest that we should prepare for our retirement uh, and we should start early and to eye on this long term and consistent investment for to have a more financially stable retirement. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. And starting early has its advantages. Yeah. Just check the power of compounding. The earlier you start saving for retirement, the more time your money has to benefit from the power of compounding. Compounding allows your investment returns to generate additional returns over time, exponentially growing your wealth. But you got to find the right program in doing so. Yes, uh, this is what I learned from Warren Buffett. So essentially, this is about 
setting your head straight on all these factors that we've mentioned. And there are different choices to mm. what kind of retirement life one could be eyeing for and um, the, the, the kind of lifestyle, the amount of work you've done, um, all those years, and also, you know, the different financial products that might one have contributed to, and maybe having this additional one private pension mechanism in your portfolio could be a pretty handy addition. And maybe ultimately we're talking about living in the moment or planning ahead for the future. Navigating this dichotomy calls for a delicate dance of perspectives, in my opinion. I don't think it has to be one or the other, but finding that balance is, I guess, the art that we're trying to master here.